Welcome to the Adam State Football Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Webb, former Adam State defensive lineman. In this episode, I'm joined by former linebacker Rocco DiLorenzo, who popped into the Adam State School of Business to record with me while visiting his family. When the DiLorenzo clan visits Alamosa, everyone is visiting their alma mater, and everyone is visiting the fields they played on. Everyone. Rocco's father, Phil, played linebacker. His uncle, Chris, coached on the ASC National Championship campaign. His mother, Patricia, was an elite track team member. Both his sister, Roxy, and Carly played softball, and both their husbands were Adam State linebackers. In this interview, I talk with Rocco about his playing career, about his place in the lineage of elite Adam State inside linebackers, the special bond between the nose guard and the mic backer, the culture that brought back winning records to Adam State, including the best D2 record of eight and three, how Rocco applied his gifts to the game of football and his Adam State experience to the business world to be successful, and of course, his rich family history at Adam State. And now, on the Adam State Football Podcast, a six foot one, 235 pound middle linebacker by way of Arvada West, Colorado, all conference, all region, all American, number four, Rocco DiLorenzo. Before we get started, let's take a pause for the cause. One of the goals of the Adam State Football Podcast is to connect and reconnect Adam State football players. You could help out by leaving ratings, leaving reviews, and sharing this podcast on your social media. You could call, text, or message that roomie, lifting partner, and teammate and ask them what the good word is and let them know about the Adam State Football Podcast. Thanks in advance. All right, Mike's hot. Um, fun fact: Did you know that on the internet that there is another Rocco Di Lorenzo? No, <laughs> he is uh, a gentleman on YouTube. He's uh, talking about customer service and service-based interests. So he's like a another uh, like a, he's like a business advisor or something like that. Ten YouTube views. <laughs> I like you a lot better, Rocco Di Lorenzo, right, yep. than that Rocco Di Lorenzo. Yeah, I got a little what? bit more clout than that guy. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially because we'll, we'll get in, we'll talk about your career, your uh, your legacy here at Adams State between you, your sisters, your family. Um, Rocco <coughs> Di Lorenzo, tell us what years did you play? Your position, numbers that you wore. <clears throat> yeah, came in in two thousand eight. Freshman year was number six for my freshman and my sophomore year, and then uh, went to number four. And you said that you, you've worn that number your whole life. What was it about number four? Like, how'd you wind up with number four? Number four was a number that was available when I was a young kid, and mm -hmm. after that, it was my number after that. Uh -huh. I loved it and never went away from it. Just just hung on to it? Yep. Okay, I, like, I like number four, too. Uh, like, number four, my dad said it was like his lucky number. Um, I liked it because I had 94. And it's, I don't know, numbers are funny like that. I was also born on the 4th of May. Oh, so there you go. I, so went, yeah, with, the, I like, went with that a little bit. We can start getting into like the 21s <laughs> and stuff like that. Exactly. Were you super salty when you had to take six? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All yeah. right. It's all you can do when you're a freshman. You're not going to make a big stink about what number you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, let's, uh, let, let's, let's rewind the clock now. I want to get into your career, uh, what you've been doing post-career. Um, but I, like, where, where are you from? Denver, Colorado, a little suburb, Arvada, Colorado. So. Okay. 
So you so you wore some purple there in Arvada. I went to Arvada West. Yeah, uh-huh. colors were purple and white. Dad made fun of me every day. It was great. <laughs> well, and um, when did you? Because because your old man and your mom both came to Adams State. Did they meet here? No, they actually knew each other in high school. And okay. my dad was a year older, so he came to Adams on a football scholarship. Uh-huh. And then the year after that. My mom came down for track, okay. and he actually was the one that showed her around on her recruiting trip, and oh. she decided to come down, and they were in love. And that way, good job, right Phil. Back after that, good job, <laughs> Phil. I wonder if he was. Uh, I wonder if he was scoping for athleticism because your mom was a pretty accomplished track athlete, huh? Yeah, no, she ran in the four by four and the four by two, and I think she did a medley of one of those. I'm not sure, but uh, she was a quarter miler, and she was a five, six-time All-American in that event. So And, and so the, the, the result is Phil's playing some football. Um, did he play with Marty or Wass or any of those guys? He did play with Marty and Wass, okay. yeah. Okay, He went cool. to high school with Wass. Oh, that's right, that's yeah. right, that's right. Um, and uh, that athleticism of your parents, that transfers over to all th- three of, of, of you all, so you and your two sisters – uh, two sisters, both of them played softball here at Adams State, yep. and then you played football here. Yep. And okay. my brother-in-law Jan, he played football here. That's right. That's my right. other brother-in-law Grant, he was he played football here after me. Okay. The only one out of all of us and the in-laws that didn't go to Adams was my wife. Okay, and, so she's the outlier. Yeah, she's the outcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, she can have her own table at Thanksgiving. Yeah, I guess. We make her sit with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, tell me what was it, what was it like growing up with this like super athlete mom, your, your older sister, who's a real good athlete. You got a younger sister who's a good athlete. I imagine your father was encouraging you in sports. What was it like having that household of, you know, like super athletic people? Yeah, no, it was one of the more athletic pushing households you'll probably ever hear Uh of. Dad was a all American, like we said, in football, played Uh middle linebacker, mom, was the most competitive person in the house at all times. Sisters and I basically just fell in line. Uh-huh. Um, it was awesome. Dad, of course, knowing what he knows, playing football at the collegiate level, was teaching me how to read the triangle of middle linebacker at nine uh-huh. years old. It was uh-huh. awesome. I was running around like nobody was even. Did you? When did you start me. playing football? Eight years old. Eight years old. Yeah. Okay. And so, like from the jump, you got the old man, former. You know, all American middle <laughs> linebacker. Yeah. Like you have a, you know, all, in some ways like a destiny to to fulfill. It wasn't like you accidentally figured out that you wanted to play football and you wanted to play football at a high level and you wanted to be a middle linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and it was just the position that I played with being one of the better kids at the time. Uh-huh. They'd put you at middle linebacker and running back uh-huh. and just let you run around and make plays, but. He coached me from a very young age, and I loved it. He was one of the best coaches I ever had. Definitely was specialized at the at the middle linebacker position, mm-hmm. right? So he would definitely give me little hints throughout the game. Hey, scoot back one step, mm-hmm. scoot forward one step. This is the guy that's getting you, that kind of stuff. All the way from high school when he stopped coaching me to co- the end of my college career, I'd look at him and just like throw my hands so up. So he coached you through high school too? No, he did not. He, oh, okay. At high school, he so he coached you from the go. sidelines in high school? Yeah, he would okay. be in the stands, and I would – be confused, be like, hey, who's blocking me on this play? And he would just be like, give me hand signals, move forward, Uh 
six inches a foot, that kind of stuff. And okay. just okay. little, little adjustments that he would help me out with. Were, cool. What was, uh, what was your high school playing experience like? And, um, you know, were you, were you a, like a starter as a freshman from the jump? What was that? What was your high school football career? like? No, freshman year. We, uh, I started on the level three team, like most okay. kids do. So it was like a freshman team. Yeah, it was just okay. a freshman team. Right. Um, sophomore year, played some defense on the varsity level, but it was mostly a starter on JV, back up to a couple seniors my senior or so my got, sophomore year. So you got year. some snaps, got a letter your, uh, your, your sophomore year. My sophomore year, year yep. Okay. And then I started at basically a walk-down, strong safety kind of type okay. my junior and senior year. Yeah. Okay, so, so you're, you're – uh, they're, they're using your athleticism, so you're out moving around a little bit. Yeah, more. they didn't quite sit you. No, you, you weren't the monster in the middle yet. No. Nope. What, what, what about your senior year? Senior year was the same position. Um, oh, okay. I was a smaller kid. I came in, and when I came to Adams, I was only 180 pounds, maybe. And I think uh-huh. at the end of the season, I was 165 my freshman year. I, I could see that happen. So, it's, it's a lose it's all a that weight season. running. Yeah. yeah, it's a long season. The games are extremely longer you're playing with full-grown men yeah in college you you go from being the the big man on campus right in a small pond to to have to run full clip into a 300 pounder 70 times uh, a weekend 24 years old and fully (laughs) mature yeah 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 you're what uh so when did uh when did so you're you're highly recruited out of high school definitely at the d2 level and got some preferred walk-on offers and things like that when did you start talking to uh, when did colleges start talking to you? And, and Basically, after my junior year, okay. um, you start getting the most looks. Um, Western Adams, Carney really wanted me. Uh-huh. Um, I decided to come to Adams. They were just getting a new coach, Marty Heaton. Mm-hmm. My dad knew Marty. I knew the defensive mindset that Marty was. Mm-hmm. I sat down with Marty, Marty, and I hit it off right away at my recruiting trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get some preferred walk-on stuff, but I didn't. At that time, I thought a preferred walk-on was just hey, you're going to come hold bags and be a tackling dummy. Mm-hmm. So that was probably my immaturity at the time. But yeah, possibly. I could also see your dad in your ear, right, because you have, like, the legacy of Adam State. He didn't push right? me, man. He really? really didn't. He let me He let me do what I wanted to do. He didn't so want to be. We got to fix that. We got to have We got to have Phil being a strong <laughs> advocate yeah, for no. the Grizzly Nation. But he... but that was probably, like, okay, I guess in the, good, in the grand scheme of being a good dad, that was probably a good thing for him to do. He didn't want any regrets on my end, and then uh-huh. I could go back and blame him. Right, right, so, right. I mean, it makes sense, but. It is what it is. It, so, I, I don't regret my decision at all. So, yeah, so what were the factors? So you're possibly going to go to Kearney. That sounds yeah. like that was a serious I really liked Kearney. Um, uh-huh. I had a couple of guys from high school that I looked up to that were upperclassmen when I was in high school, and they were really good. They played at Kearney. Mm-hmm. And one was Jack Hyatt. Remember him? He was the All-American center for like two years, okay. his junior and senior year. He uh, he played at Kearney. He was the one that actually did my recruiting trip out there. And oh, okay. I, I love Jack. Jack's and he's an Arvada guy. guy. He's an Arvada West okay. guy. Yeah. So I decided to come to Adams, and it was it was great. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, had a little support because Roxy would have probably came in 2004 maybe or 2005. 2005, she was okay. down here. She was playing softball. Okay. So, uh, so I guess she came in the exact same time as me. Yep. Uh, the the uh, by, by the way, the principal – the assistant principal Roxy do uh, Roxy Vigil, excuse me. Yep. Your mom's a your mom's an educator too. Yeah, she spent over thirty five years in Jefferson County education as okay. an administrator. Wow. So. Uh, we'll talk more about that as far as like <laughs> the leadership carryover and, and and some of those things. But so colleges are talking. You, Carney's on the table. You make the choice to come to Adams State. Yep. It seems like a like a like a like a perfect serendipity of whirlwind like type activities as far as 
Marty coming back. Yep. Because because uh, Coach Heaton had been there, coached the number one defense in the nation in 2004, recruits me and my class of dudes to come in 2005, coaches that season, leaves for two years, goes to Mines. Um, the staff here was relieved. Coach Heaton comes back. Yep. You're ready to start your college career. Absolutely. And 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 you roll into you roll into Alamosa, Alamosa. Colorado. Welcome to the Dirty Mo. <laughs> the Dirty Mo. Yeah, it was definitely an eye-opening experience for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and so you had uh, how much time had you spent in Alamosa or on campus um, before you know signing on the line, coming here? Like, what was that before? And not a lot. Um, okay. I came to drop my sister off, but. Uh-huh. To be honest with you, really hadn't spent much time down here. Um, mm-hmm. All I knew was that it was a smaller town. Mm-hmm. My sister was here. It got cold in the winter, so <laughs> I heard, but I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't spent much time here. Right, and then right. the summers and the fall were gorgeous, right? It's really really nice. like, hey, can't beat it. Let's let's go. They're gonna pay for me to go to school, and mm-hmm. let's do it. There we go. So you come in 2008. Yep. You said that you were uh, you, you're you're a smaller body type. You're not a smaller body type. You you, you definitely grew and developed through your seasons. Um, you're a smaller body type. You're you're playing back. You're you're backing up the rover spot your freshman year. Rover bandit. I was okay. basically three positions: rover bandit and Bruins, which so. were more the coverage type linebackers exactly. in that scheme. Yep. Um, and you're getting in on some special teams. Yeah, I started every special team my freshman year. Yeah, I like the way you put that because uh, sometimes people talk about special teams and like there's a little, but I think that if you start on a special team, you should call yourself a starter too, based off of how important those jobs are. Yeah, it was a big thing. I mean, uh-huh. it's a third of the game, and uh-huh. Seymour was head of the special teams, and Seymour got you fired up. Yeah, so. yeah, well, yeah, and uh, you know, Seymour just played in the national, the, the the natty, the the national championship game as the defensive coordinator for Valdosta State. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. and I think he's on his he, way to Georgia uh, Tech. Yeah, he's on his way to Georgia Tech, so God bless him and good for him. He was an amazing coach, very inspirational. Oh, he he was one of those guys that would you would try extra hard just to get a good job oh, from yeah. him. Yeah. It, yeah, it meant a lot when he would give you a good job. I'd crawl through broken glass just to hear him, like, you know, give me a thumbs up. Give you some praise. He didn't have to say anything. He, <laughs> no, he, if he gave me a thumbs up, I'd crawl through broken glass for that guy. He was definitely a guy that you wanted to play hard for and you yeah. wanted to please. Yeah. And uh, so let's talk about that, though. So playing for him, right, mm-hmm. he ends up being, and I don't know who might have been playing Mike Backer before him, but there is a string of really, really good middle linebackers at Adam State. Um, so Jason Seymour is playing one of those Mike or inside linebackers. In 2004, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. Yep, so he's there in 2004 and 2005. Um, he hands the reins off to Danny Devil Dog Dyson. And uh, Danny is an, an all-region uh, performer, super good athlete out of, out of Mullen and uh, the Denver area. Yep. And then he hands the reins off to the great and powerful King Jaguar Pa Oscar Villa, yep. who is the Mike backer in 2008-2009 when you come in. Yep. What was your relationship uh, like with Oscar, because Oscar eventually hands the torch to you to go on to be an all-region, all-conference, all-American back. What was your relationship like with him? Man, Oscar was the man. Um, I looked at him as more of like a a guy that you want to study and guy you want to take after, right? You, mm-hmm. He ate right. Mm-hmm. He was always the hardest worker in the weight room. Yep. He was a big leader on and off the field. Mm-hmm. 
a great guy. Always had a lot of fun with him off the field great as in well. Great classroom, super yeah, sharp dude. very sharp dude. Um, definitely would always help anybody he could. So mm-hmm. definitely learned a lot from Oscar. And thank God I kept growing and kept getting bigger and maturing mm-hmm. the way I did because I grew into being a Mike linebacker, right? Mm-hmm. I was more of that coverage linebacker that was about 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. And then when Oscar left, I came in at about – 215, 220, mm-hmm. trying to bulk up a little bit for it. And then you, you came in ready to be the monster in the middle. And, yeah. and, and you had to do that, not like, you know, yeah, on a physical transformation and adopting, you know, the physical responsibilities of the position. But, you know, I, I talk with um, our pal Levi Gallus, now the D coordinator at Carney, yeah. and, I, and I ask him about like college football team dynamics. And what he reports to me is that in that 2009, you know, time, uh, we were pretty unique because we had had a core group of like 15, 16 guys that stayed through. Uh, Marty left, Marty came back. And uh, a lot of us, especially on, I, th- I think especially on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of us graduated. And now not only are you the, the monster in the middle at the Mike Backer position, but now you're adopting a leadership position. Oh, man. I mean, the, like when I, 2008, 2009, the culture here was so, you eat dream live football yeah. right i mean there is no there is nothing else that you want to be doing right. you want to be with your boys you want to be right. working out you want to be running doing all the football stuff mm-hmm. breaking heads that kind of thing right. that right. was that was the goal and when you guys left the culture changed a little bit because you guys were the heart and soul of the team and then you guys left and then the heart and the soul of the team had to like change a little bit and transform mm-hmm. um it kind of went from you, Oscar, Levi, all of those guys, the Hedbergs, all of them, mm-hmm. to now it's me, James Ackle, mm-hmm. um, Trevor Eggleston was coming mm-hmm. in around then, um, Will Noss, mm-hmm. big defensive leadership, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the offense was really coming around and really yeah. starting to. Well, yeah, you got, pick you, know, up. you got the man, Trevor Eggleston, number, number, lefty number seven there, yep. Jason Nottingham. Nottingham was right? a beast, yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And, and a lot of other guys. Um, so, so here was, here was my observation, uh, was that a Mike backer and a nose guard have a special, oh, they yeah. got a special relationship. And I think that's a backer defensive lineman relationship in general. Um, you know, I'm still very close with, with Levi. I got to play in front of George Hawley. who was very good. Um, but Osc, uh, the, 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 the same lineage of really good Mike backers. There was also a really yeah. good set of nose guards between. Oh, yeah. Ernesto Villasenor, yep. um, Ramsey Johnson, who I don't know that you would have crossed paths with, but he nah. was a very good player. But then the man Josh Teeples, Josh Big Teeples, Teeps, number ninety nine, <laughs> he's a monster. Yeah, well, him and him, you know, him and him and Oscar played very well together, and Teeples and Oscar both graduate, and mm-hmm. you had been this, um, you know, grassroots like you came in as a freshman, and in comes. Mr. Derek Raymond Johns, big seventy-eight. Yep. What was uh, what, what was your relationship like with your nose guard? Derek came in at semester. He was a JUCO kid, and when he came in, I looked at Marty and was like, "Is this kid look the part, or is he actually the part?" And he, mm-hmm. Marty said, "Like, come watch his film." And we watched it, and I was like, "What do we got to do to get him?" Uh-huh. Derek is a huge behemoth. He was six foot three, six foot four, massive individual, three hundred pounds, could massive run, individual. not yeah. an ounce of body fat on him. He was. He was the man. He didn't get a lot of recognition, mm-hmm. but he deserved all of it that I got because of he took two every play. Every when, play. when your nose guard takes two, it's 
Make sure you, you have a look. highlight on YouTube, and you can see Mr. Mr. Johns there soaking up, oh, yeah. soaking up some blocks. <laughs> yeah, he was a uh, man. Yeah. What was it like for you to develop that relate? You know, because because Oscar and and Josh they got to spend you know four years together. Uh, so they had two leading up to mm-hmm. going, and, and Josh had been a starter before that, so he was kind of with season. But so Derek's a stud. He comes in. You're kind of this base player, like as far as you'd been around the culture, you'd been around the program. Yeah. And now you have a JUCO guy coming in. Yeah. And you developed that relationship. What was that like? It was a it was a great dynamic. Honestly, we had a big group of younger guys that were starting to develop into the upperclassmen, mm-hmm. and we also had some JUCO guys that came in and immediately jumped into leading roles to fill the void that we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Jake Long, uh, you had Mario, you had numerous guys come in that really helped us right away. Mm-hmm. Derek was huge, and I think having those big group of base guys that have been there for the two years previous mm-hmm. that are the they're four-year guys, right? They're uh-huh. going to be coming in. They're going to be here for the life of the program or for the life of their career. Mm-hmm. And then you have the JUCO guys that come in and complement your program. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Derek was Derek was the man. Derek mm-hmm. would just look at me and go, hey, in film, be like, you want me to go right? You tell me right. You tell me to go left. You tap me on the left, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll make it happen. I was like, all right, man. He trusted me, which I loved mm-hmm. because he would run through a wall for me mm-hmm. the same way that we all wanted to do, right? And mm-hmm. Winning was the biggest thing to him, and he – he was a big key to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's 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 really cool. Was so let's 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 talk about winning, right? Because you come in two thousand eight, we get ourselves a five and six overall, five and four conference record. Um, you know, I think we had a slow start that year. We go the next year, same same result, um, and then you all take over. I believe your junior year. You guys again get the um, the five and six overall, five and four in conference, yep. and then you crack probably the first winning record in what would have been like eight or nine years. I think my redshirt freshman year we were six and five, but you your senior year you crack, you get the winning record, yep. and and then it, it goes up a little bit from there. But so tell me what was that like as far as like. The dedication to the program, the training in the off season, and what were some of the things that helped you get over that hump and get that that winning record, and then ultimately the next year, the best record in school history. Yeah, I think the a big thing was we were close. Like I've said, mm-hmm. um, the maturity at the levels of defensive back, linebacker, the D line. We were an older defense mm-hmm. at that point. Um, because you would have had Will Noss. Will and, Noss, he and, started for three years. And and James Ackle, James a very good player and, and he played, prospect type. Yeah, and he played out of position for the most of his career just because mm-hmm. we needed him. He should have been a free safety for his entire career. But he was coming down for strong. And he, we would roll him in strong. We would, and Marty would develop packages to let James run, mm-hmm. right, because he was so good and so versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the end – we should have just played James at the free and just let him run from the free, mm-hmm. giving him the whole field to do. Um, right. But at the same time, he made that sacrifice as a team. But I think staying in the off season was a big thing after mm-hmm. my sophomore year. You guys begged me to stay from my freshman to my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it. And to be honest with you, it was a mistake during mm-hmm. the summer, right? I went home and worked, which 
all I did was work and I didn't get work out that much. It was the best much. decision that you could have made at the time, right? I mean, because <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I did the same thing, right? So, you know, which is totally backwards because of how gorgeous the summers are, you know, oh, here. awesome. I went, you know, home to Arizona for that summer and I did okay. Like I was dedicated, like if it was on the whiteboard or on the paper, I was probably going to do it. Yeah. But there's no, there's no doubt that training here in the off season with the boys following whoever your strength coach's program is, is the best way to get ready for a season in the Dirty Mile. Oh, it was great. We had a good group here from my junior and my senior year, mm-hmm. and then even a bigger group from my senior or from my junior to my senior year. And Marty got us a couple jobs doing construction. Yeah, we would go in the mornings, work out, run in the evenings, mm-hmm. and it was just work out, mm-hmm. work. Yeah football right and then hang out with your best friends right all day long Fra- after friday that. grilling like, friday, yeah you know you're grilling grilling out on fridays mm-hmm. saturdays sundays you're doing whatever you want to do but man your lifts go through the roof because gersick gersick came in at that time mm-hmm. as well and completely transformed our program uh-huh. and everybody got 10 times stronger we ran all the time it was great mm-hmm. so it was a lot of fun and if anybody's listening to this, you guys need to stay for your summers. It's, I, you it's know, a blast. I, I don't readily just throw out advice, but the, I could say that the smartest thing that I did and probably the mo- one of the more beneficial things was staying here during the summer, training with the boys, doing odd jobs, painting stuff, moving oh, furniture, yeah. you know, shoveling rocks, splitting <laughs> wood. There's plenty yeah. of stuff to do around here oh, yeah. um, to pick up some extra, pick up some extra cash. Um, and you know, if I had millions of extra dollars to throw at the Adam State program, I'd encourage people to, to stay here in the summer and train. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's, it's built for it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's great weather, mm-hmm. even better. You're at altitudes, so you're training at that. Right. Right. Yeah. You're eating the right way. You're, mm-hmm. you're having your fun, but at the same time, it's more work based. You're enjoying the boys yeah. and you're on the mission. Absolutely. You're, you're on that mission. Mentally, you're in it, right? Yeah. So there is no getting out of it, and there is no, like, separating. When the when August comes, you start rolling into camp, you're chomping at the bit to mm-hmm. put your pads on and get going. Because mm-hmm. your coaches can't be out there with you giving you advice on what to do. Right. You can't be doing full football workouts, mm-hmm. but you can be doing footwork during the summer, and yeah. you're ready for the football. Yeah, you're also doing, you know, I even spent time with uh, another Arvada West uh, Mr. Goose at, in the, uh, in <laughs> Sean the McDougal. Right? Yep, yeah, absolutely. And, and so he'd be out there throwing, I would run some tight end routes and tight yep. end patterns and stuff like that. And I liked Sean more and more. The more I did that, we spent more time together. Oh, yeah. I was not going to play tight end, but, um, just to get that experience working with another, with him at a skill position, uh, I can imagine that being really beneficial for players just to spend that extra time yeah. bonding, doing something hard, but also, you know, learning what each other's good at. Oh, Sean was good enough at quarterback where he would – you just go run routes for him. I'm a linebacker, right? Uh-huh. I'm not a wideout. Uh-huh. But he would make you feel like you're oh, Rob Gronkowski out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, God, I should try out for wideout this uh-huh. year. And, and he's just looking at you like, stay where you are. We're just going to have fun today. It's like, that's awesome. Yeah, a lot of good and – then, and then there was also from Arvada West, Mr. Trevor Zott. Yep. The 3-6 Mafia. <laughs> Absolutely. I really enjoyed being on the wedge for him as a returner. Hard runner, yeah, he real, was special. really crafty, really crafty player. Great vision, yeah. Uh-huh. He was he was the man. Uh, he told Marty and Wassinger in his recruiting trip that if you let me come here, I'll take the first kickoff of the season back for a touchdown. And he got caught at the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like 
Damn, you almost did it. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, that, that close. Um, very, very good player. Yeah, yeah, great career. So you guys crack open the win column, right? You get the mm-hmm. you get the school winning record your senior year, and then the next year, so what would be James Ackles' senior year? Yeah, they have an eight and three, best record, I believe. There, they 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 lose a nail biter to Shadron. Yep. drop one to Highlands, and and lost to a. De, you know, a developing into a national championship Pueblo. Yep. Uh, did you did you watch that season? Did you pay attention? What was that? Oh like? man, I was in mourning because I was uh-huh. it was the first year out of football. So of uh-huh. course I watched every one of them. I was working in Texas at the time, so I'd pull up on my computer and James Ackles, one of my best friends, and mm-hmm. he was also so fun to watch because of how great he was. Mm-hmm. And he had a great year. Um, but no, they were watching them lose to Pueblo. I think James had. 15 tackles before half and then got mm-hmm. a concussion and oh, it no. went downhill from there for the team at that point but they played great they lost a close one to them the i was here for the highlands game that they lost and mm-hmm. i think the defense scored 24 points that game and they Whoa. lost that's pretty 20 <laughs> it lost 27 to that 24 is, or something like that good, it was that's a good showing uh, yeah. that's a good showing so by they, the defense there it was just a rough day mm-hmm. um but now they they had a great year they played tough what did that feel like for you? Because that's an interesting year for you. Because it's like one of those years where, well, if I would have redshirted, I'd yeah. still be on the field. So you're playing that. Because I saw that. I didn't see that. Like it's not like Danny Dyson or Josh Tuples ever told me that stuff. But that was always an interesting thing for the for the players that did not that did not redshirt. I was kind of close mm-hmm. to having my shirt pulled because there was a big senior group of defensive linemen. I was doing well on the scout team, and Marty brought me into his office and said, hey, uh, we were thinking about pulling your redshirt. What do you think about that? And I didn't have the confidence for something. I was like, I don't really like that because I was like 210. Like, yeah. I was like soaking wet. Right? <laughs> Playing DM. So, so, yeah. so I wasn't very big, and I went, really never was. But um, he, And I was like, no, I think I just want to stay with, uh, you know, I'm going to stay with the boys and stay in this, you know, this group. Yeah. And uh, but and, and so that, that was a decision. It was like, and and you had a decision, so that must have been really interesting to see. Like, great to see them succeed, but also like, oh, I could have been out there. Oh, I, dude, the entire starting defense that year that I was gone, uh-huh. the only people that weren't there were Will Noss, who was our mm-hmm. starting free. Yeah, me and Derek, who was our mm-hmm. nose guard. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they had their full, our full starting defense, right? Mm-hmm. So they were all juniors with us. Because they all, it seemed like all of them redshirted. Yeah. And then we didn't. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, it was it was tough to watch, but it was so great watching them win and watching well, them beat the teams that we got edged out year yeah. after year by. And it was mm-hmm. it was great for them. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of your career, you get a lot of, of recognition and accolades. Yeah. Um, and I think even your junior year, you got uh, some all conference selections too. What were the what were the things you were recognized for uh, your senior year? I was first team all conference, first team all region. Mm-hmm. Um, that first team all Colorado award that goes from D one schools all the way down to D two. Mm-hmm. I was a D two all American on the D two football Dactronics and mm-hmm. honorable mention all American on a couple other yeah, but accolades. So yeah, it was a good career. I mean, it was definitely something that I wanted. Was that individual accolade? I wanted to win more than we did, mm-hmm. but. It was. It well, was you can tell, so you happened. can go back to interviews, and you were super focused on winning. Yeah. Right. And and, and that sounds Absolutely. like a silly conversation to have, right? But 
I put a lot into the, you know, to the program. I did not have like the cognitive wherewithal to be concerned with winning the same way. Like I was uh, an avid participant. Yeah. Right. And was doing the best that I could, but you were definitely, like you, you were different. Like it's, you were on the mission. I think Oscar's on a similar mission where yeah. like you, you were like stone cold, dead serious, had that in mind um, versus like kind of the cliche, do the best you can. Yeah. Like I mean, we were there to win. Mm-hmm. I, we knew how good we were. Mm-hmm. We got edged out. We missed a field goal the beat chatter in my senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, we turned the ball over a couple times against Pueblo. Yeah. Um, in the red zone. I mean, there were little things in the game that we just couldn't get over that hump that they got over the next year. Football's a game of inches. <laughs> oh, God, is yeah. it ever. So there's definitely – it is crazy how just one play can uh-huh. dictate a game. And yeah. we yeah. just couldn't get over it my senior year in the, the big-time situations, right? So – did you feel like, okay, so there's that, and then there's the next year. Did you feel like you had, because I've been talking to some of the players, uh, so this year Adam State has a 1-10 in 10 record. They have multiple cardiac-type type games where the yeah. one play doesn't go their way. Yep. The, and adversity through the COVIDs and all these other things. But, you know, I, I talked to them about, like, the progress that they had through the season and the foundation that they laid where the future wins of the program are part of theirs too. They just didn't get to experience them on right. paper. Absolutely. So did you feel that way? And that must have been kind of satisfying whether they go and they have the best record. I know it's not the, the championship that is intended, but did you feel like you laid the foundation for that, that next group and, and, and other groups? Yeah, I feel like we did it as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that I personally did it, mm-hmm. but no, that next year that they went 8-3 and three was – it was awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have your should have, would have, could is right. That right, you're sitting there like, I should have redshirted, all that other stuff. But right. you don't get that. They definitely, they deserve to win it, and they, they did great. I felt like I tried to do everything I could do to lay them out to where they would succeed as much as they did the next year. Um, but they had a great year. You can't take anything away from them. I'm not going to sit here and say, those wins are mine. Yeah, of course. But at the same time, they were awesome. I mean, right. we, we, and you take all, pride in saying, "Hey, I'm from Adams. They went eight and three this year." Right? And, and 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 we all get to kind of share the the, the results in some way, just by oh, being yeah. proxy to the program. Let's talk about um, your academics and then your transition into the adulting word, uh, the adulting <laughs> world. I just saw yeah. this thing on the on the on like Facebook or something. It was like adulting. One star rating would not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but let's talk about. So you study. So we're here in the in the school of business right now. So you studied business management. What was your What was your academic uh, course like? Teachers you remember things like that? Oh man, they were great. Um, I remember Armando Valdez. He mm-hmm. was the man. Yeah, he, he always got us. Um, Linda Reed was here. Mm-hmm. Is she still here? Uh, she, she uh, I believe she teaches some online classes, but she retired from face-to-face. Okay. But, yeah, staple of the yeah. Adams State School of Business. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now you have definitely those core of business teachers that were all very involved. Uh-huh. With, you have class with Professor Hensley? I was, Liz. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was awesome. She yeah. definitely she helped me my senior year. So I was actually a – I was going to be in teaching. So uh-huh. I was going to be a business teacher with a highly qualified in science and math. Oh, so right. I was taking a bunch of those classes. I realized real quick, I can't teach kids. That's I'm gonna, oh, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up. 
power bombing someone power on the bombing some se- second grader <laughs> that's been back talking to me all day yeah so i got out of it um and liz actually got me through my senior spring because my scholarship was going to run out mm-hmm. and she's like hey how many credits do you need and i said roughly i need 24 and she's like well that's two semesters i was like i have one <laughs> and she was like okay like i'll sign off on this if you can do it and mm-hmm. essentially my senior spring i went to school at 7 a.m and i didn't get done till six wow yeah so I took 24 hours my senior spring. She helped me out with a lot of it. Or it was it was 20 hours, and I took four credits of summer school. Mm-hmm. And I graduated in July. Okay. So she was awesome. She definitely helped me out. And they – who's the uh, accounting teacher here? One, uh, we got Abeda. Abeda. Rogers. Cheryl Abeda. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. She was awesome. She was, she was a great way to change your mental aspect of how money works, mm-hmm. right? And how being responsible with your money pays huge dividends in the end and mm-hmm. how just – Cutting back from eating out or mm-hmm. don't have those three beers at dinner. Uh-huh. Like those, don't spend that extra forty bucks. Like that's drink huge. water. At dinner. Yeah, you yeah. want to drink water. You don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to have your hangover in the next morning. Yeah. Well, so. and then so she, and then uh, Professor Beta, she's retiring this year. Oh, this um, year. Yep. And uh, you know she's definitely left uh, you know an impact on lots of students that have walked through. So it's it's just really cool to to hear you cuz i know you had started your business classes as i was finishing yep. uh finishing mine so we had some of the same professors but didn't have uh classes um together no how was it for you going from recognized athlete into uh the real world like what did you do after you graduated so i graduated with a business management degree uh-huh. um would that have been spring of 2012 yep okay so i walked in 12 I didn't get. I had to actually finish my summer's classes before I was fully yeah, granted my diploma yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, had no idea what I wanted to do. I thought I was always going to be a teacher. Mom right. was a teacher. Sisters were both teachers yeah. at the time. It's like, oh boy, what am I going to do? So, mom got me in touch with a couple people, and I just went and sat down and talked with them. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Do you have any idea what you want to do?" I was like, "Business management degree. I am up for anything." Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Okay, well, they were in the oil and gas industry." Mm-hmm. And his name was Alex Campbell. He was like, hey, I can get you a job in the oil and gas industry in the land department. So basically acquiring rights, leasing right away, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, running title. And he was like, but you got to move to Texas. And I was like, well, all my friends are still in school. Mm-hmm. I have no, I'm not just going to go home and live with mom and dad. That sounds <laughs> terrible. Uh-huh. As awesome as you are, mom and dad. Yeah. Not, not for me. Of course. Yeah. Um, so I moved to Texas, didn't know anyone. Spent three years down there in the big boom of oil, mm-hmm. and then oil crashed, and I moved back home. Okay. When I moved back home, a buddy of mine was in the roofing industry and got me into the roofing industry. Pause real quick. So you went down to te- so you go. Yep. Stranger in a strange land down in Texas. It's booming. So I'm sure that that oh, must have been huge. pretty. Yeah. It must have been pretty fast paced. Oh, yeah. um, did you just pick up where you left off as far as you know? You know, piss and excellence like Ricky Bobby down in Texas. <laughs> there was definitely a transitioning stage, okay. right? You're drinking out of a fire hose for the first yeah, six for months, sure. and everyone's wondering. I think how it the takes you. you a, I think it takes job. you a yeah. full year to just figure out how to wake up at eight o'clock and work for eight hours. Yeah, my uh, one of my favorite stories is you finally start making some money, and I was making good money out of college. And after I got my first paycheck, my dad calls. He's like, "Did you get paid today?" I was like, "I did. This is awesome." And he goes, "Great. I'm happy for you. Take these numbers down." I'm like, all right. He gives me three numbers. And I was like, what's the first one? He goes, that's for your cell phone plan. You need to pay for your own cell phone okay. plan. Okay. I was uh-huh. like, shit. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, sounds good. Yeah, I can do that. He goes, 
next one's your car insurance. Okay. I was like, oh boy. Okay. There you go. And he's like, and then the next one was uh, health insurance. But then I negotiated that one out because Obamacare just went to, oh, right. you can stay on until you're 26. Good move. Yeah. So Good thank move God right on that. But, but he was definitely helping me out, get my feet underneath me. And then yeah. he was like, hey, you got some money in your pocket now, buddy. It's time for you to get off all of my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I had a similar conversation. You know, so my first paycheck, I go down to Christie Mountain Sports and I buy myself. I still, I still got it. It's a specialized hardtail mountain bike it might have been like 400 bucks it was mm-hmm. like the years but i was like all right that's my grown-up present for getting a job and then i call mom mom guess what i got health insurance <laughs> and i'm going to the dentist right you know yeah, i was just absolutely i was just stoked and i'm paying my cell phone now and i'm paying my car insurance and to just get started and, and kind of feel that first little bit of independence, because okay. I was terrified. I was like, I don't know if I'll ever have a job, you know, like, right. um, because, you know, the times were different. Like Tyler Hyatt goes to stock groceries before he gets into healthcare. Tyree Walton goes to be a bank to like right. the job market ain't what it was, no. ain't what it was. And um, we were probably just starting to pick up, but. Uh, that, that's a cool, that's a cool feeling when, absolutely you know, and even though it's like, you're, you know, your old man's sweating you for a couple of frog skins there, yeah. but just to feel that go out, pay for your own stuff, kind of, you know, you're off on oh, yeah. another adventure. Yep. Um, so oil, gas, go, you know, it sounds like you kind of ride the wave yep. and then you come back and you get into, you get into roofing. I'm, yeah. Tell so me about this. I came back and. Oil went from $120 a barrel to $24 a barrel, right? Uh-huh. There, there was nobody hiring, especially for acquiring land rights uh-huh. to drill. Right. No one's drilling. The incentive's not there. Yeah. So yeah. they're like, hey, you're the last ones we're, we're hiring right now. I was like, okay, sounds good. So I was sitting on some savings and moved home, maybe with my family. I knew I wanted to get back to Colorado to be with my family mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. When it dipped with the oil prices, I saw that as an opportunity. I just went back. Mm-hmm. Um when I did, I had a family friend who was like, hey, I want to start a roofing company. I'll teach you everything you need to know about it. He's like, but I want you to basically like run it for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, interesting enough. Like, let's okay. do it. And I jumped into it, and that was eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So are you still doing that? Yeah. Still doing right. it. Yeah. So is, that, is this what you're here? You got to get no, me. No, that's a buddy's oh, company. Okay. But well, no, we're, yeah. we're going to need some merch then. Yeah. Uh, we're going we're, we're to need some merch. So you, you, So he knows what's up. Did you sub, like? Did you just start going in and swinging a hammer, or were you Mr. Business Management? Did you apply your stuff? Like, how no. what was your guys' uh, dynamic in your relationship? Oh God! So when he was teaching me everything, it went from, "Hey, we have crews. These are the numbers that you call for the crews. Mm-hmm. You're in charge of sales. Mm-hmm. I was the accounting department. I was sales. I was you were Mr. Business. I was Mr. Everything. Yeah. So okay. It was. Another time where you're drinking out of a water hose, yeah, or a yeah, fire for sure. hose for the entire six months, and you learn it, and you got to order the material, you got to get the insurances, you got to pull permits, you got to uh-huh. doing everything you got to do just so these guys can get on this roof and right. do what the customer wants, right? Uh-huh. So we've been doing that for the past eight years. It's been great. Uh, we just got into solar, selling some solar now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so doing all that stuff. So well, there, there we go. What. Were there patterns that you were able to take from football and sport um, and, and your approach to your education? I mean, how did that did, – did, did sport carry over into your ability to drink from that fire hose, make some adaptations, and still have a business after eight years? Yeah. I mean, 
I think the biggest thing you learn from football is the years of dedication, right? Mm -hmm. Doing the little things, the working out when you don't want to, getting up early and doing morning runs when that is the last thing you want to do. Mm -hmm. You don't want to wake up in the middle of summer at 5.30 in the morning to beat the crew to the house just to knock on the door to say, hey, I'm here. Uh My crews are getting ready to get up there and take care of you. Can you move your car? (laughs) You Uh know what I mean? Like Uh definitely got to do the little things like that to make yourself sustainable and uh-huh. definitely get through all the times ahead of you, whether it be a big hailstorm where you have a huge year or where you don't have a storm and you got to find ways to do roofing and get in with the contracts of new builds and stuff like that. So definitely obstacles that you jump through that you definitely got to know. You got to do the little things to get to the times when times are good. Right, right, right. Um, how about, so that, that I, I kind of leaded you or led you into a, a gifts of the game. So that's one of the things that I'm, uh, you know, kind of trying to pepper into this podcast is the things that football taught you or the things that your Adam state experience taught you. Um, what, what would you say are the gifts of the game that either football or Adam state football, your experience, you know, through you and your family here at Adam yeah. state, what are your gifts of the game? Rocco Lorenzo? I would just have to say hard work pays off, man. Yeah. I mean, doing the little things day in and day out, being consistently good rather than occasionally great. Mm. Um, that's a big thing. That's a, that's a T-shirt right there, consistently <laughs> good over occasionally great. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I loved Adam State. Uh-huh. It's a great small-town community where you definitely become a part of the community, mm-hmm. whether if it's just you're in the football program mm-hmm. or you're – part of the science program or the softball teams or the basketball team. I mean, we don't have frats and sororities here, mm-hmm. but you do, right? Yeah, it's yeah. your team, right? You, yeah, you're, what, in, you're, that, in a, you're in an airport so, in your Adam State land. You're hanging out of your pocket and someone comes up and says, hey, I got my master's from counseling and from Adam State and yeah. stuff like that. It, uh, it ends up being a small world. Big time. And it's funny how many people know Adam State uh-huh. or went to Adam State. That yeah. you, all you got to do is wear a T-shirt and people yep. are like, who do you know from Adam State? It's like, I went there, but mm-hmm. my whole family went there. And they're like, my niece is down there right now, or my nephew's running track, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, track program speaks for itself down yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. Always has. For sure, so. yeah. They just, uh, they just hauled off some more national uh, championship hardware. Just had three wrestlers the other day uh, win national titles. That's huge, man. Yeah, well, it's super huge. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, good guys, one of them I've had in class. And uh, he handles his business in the classroom, and he handles his business on the mat. It's pretty cool to see. Uh, would you? So, what's been the? I mean, the the, the role of family um, has got to be a theme for you here at Adam State between oh, yeah. you know your dad and his legacy here yep. and his relationship with who was going to be your head coach, your mom, her success, your older sister. Coming in, being an RA, playing softball, still here in the community. She loves the community. it down here, yeah. yeah she and, loves it down here. Uh, married to the good councilman, Mr. Jan V. Hill. Yep. Uh, and then, so, and your younger sister, good player, outfielder, right? She played outfield and uh-huh. uh, she was a slapper. She That's right. gets on base and I think she broke the. She bat lefty and just whack it and then run? Yeah, she would bunt and just slap it. Her whole goal was slap it to the shortstop and. By the time they get it and throw it I first, there's, there's no way they got uh-huh. her. So she had unreal speed. I think she broke the D2 steel record oh, in that's pretty her cool. senior year. That's, so, that, that's a cool, yeah, that's a cool she, record. She had like 60-something stolen bases her senior year, it's which probably, is insane. I mean, you know, what, what, what do you get, like 
Home runs, that's a real cool record. Strikeouts, yeah. that's a real cool record. Steals, just as cool. You know, like yeah, yeah, she too. killed it. She yeah. was, she was killing it. So that's that's awesome. Uh, what? Uh, so what has been you know the role of family here at Adam State for you? And I'm just having you tell me in your words, uh, on a, like a literal sense, but then also on a brother kind of fraternity, you know, bro kind of sense. No, absolutely. Um, Having my sisters here throughout my entire college career, I always had one with me, right? Yeah. Older sister started here. She's, she is a small-town girl. Mm -hmm. She never really got along with the whole Denver, how big it is. It's growing mm -hmm. so fast. She's like, Alamos is more my speed. She fell in love with it here, obviously. She's mm -hmm. stayed. And then she's doing a good job. My daughter draws her like special pictures and gives them to her. Be heal your grass. I mean, yeah, it's like, she's the K through second grade assistant, assistant principal. principal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she, she loves it, man. She'll be a lifer. Her and Jan are so happy down here that mm -hmm. they're not going anywhere. Um, Carly having her here. Carly's always been one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. Roxy and I had more of that brother sister relationship. Carly and I would be great friends, even if we didn't, have the same last name, but, right? Huh? Yeah, she's mm -hmm. she's hilarious. But um, it was great. Having them with me was always the best thing ever. But your brothers of the team or the community here, it's special. And you are together all the time. I still speak to James Ackle. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's one of my best friends. I don't see him all that often. But he, it's funny how your best friends from Adams, you haven't seen him in a year mm -hmm. You jump into a three-minute conversation. It's like you've been hanging out every right day back. for the past. We, I, yeah, I, I don't don't feel like I uh, we've missed a beat because I think maybe did you go to Levi's wedding? I don't remember when was the last. I did time go I saw to you. Levi's. Yeah. I think Levi's wedding, and then was that Oscar's bachelor party? Which uh, one was first? And which I, one was I second? That, then? But, but Estes Park would have been. Uh, yeah, so uh, Levi's wedding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and same thing, man. I mean, I've seen you today and mm -hmm. I feel like we've been living <laughs> three doors down the entire time. So, uh, and, and let's, uh, let's in here. Cause you kind of started into another adventure, right? So you just made, uh, you just finished a marathon. You just <laughs> yeah. finished a marathon. You're like, Oh, I guess I'll go work in the gas industry and I'll be an all yeah. man bagger and then I'm going to start a business. that's going to be good for eight years. And then I'm going to just, uh, well, I'm a little bored now. So I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and run a marathon. Yeah. What sparked that? Um, oh, and, and, you know, just briefly tell us what's up with that. A couple of my best friends from back in Denver, um, they were talking about doing a triathlon and mm -hmm. I was, I was like, well, let's look into it. Mm -hmm. And me and my buddy Luke, he was like, yeah, let's look into it. I was like, let's do a triathlon. He was like, Hey, it's a little cold right now in Denver. It was literally in December that we were like, we should do this. And he was like, let's do like a, a half marathon or a marathon. I was like, I'll do a, I'll do a marathon or a half marathon. Like mm -hmm. it's 13 miles. I can train for eight to 10 weeks to do that. I invite some of my other buddies from Little Rock, Arkansas and Texas to meet us in Austin to run in this marathon. They're like, well, you're not traveling to run a half. Like we're just going to run the full. And of course us being us, we're like, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, I can't be that hard. Yeah. Miles, yeah. Can't run that hard. 26 <laughs> miles. Sweet. Let's do it. So I started at a uh, 238 was my weight. And I was like, I got to lose some weight. So mm -hmm. you start running and I got down to about 218, 219 for the mm -hmm. marathon and somehow completed that. That's four hours of Long. The same thing over <laughs> and over again. Yeah, it's, but it's awesome. I mean, you have no idea how big the running community coming from. I never ran farther than three miles before this. Mm -hmm. So you get on the starting line, and there's 
17,000 of your closest friends in Austin running with you. And you're just like, another group of people to share a struggle with. Yeah. And you're like, all of us paid for this, huh? Here we go. Yeah. So, so they hit the the starting gate, you get going and, uh, your adrenaline's so high running at six thirty in the morning, seven thirty in the morning mm-hmm. that you don't even realize it. Next thing you know, you're at 14 miles mm-hmm. at 14 miles. You're like, I feel great. I'm going to kill this. Mm-hmm. And then you get into like that 18 miles. You're like, Ooh, knees are starting to mm-hmm. bark at get you a little, a little bit. Yeah. Here get we a go. Little spicy miles 22 through 26 or, Oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> but now it's good. I, uh, I got a half Ironman in August. So, okay. Yeah. Well, so okay. it's maybe you can train with, uh, so Josh Teeples, he's been in the Ironman game. He's been cycling. He just went and rode a couple hundred miles or a hundred miles down in Tucson Jesus. with, uh, with Oscar. Yeah. And Oscar uh, did it with him. I don't know. I think he just stayed at Oscar's house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. Uh, yeah. Oscar there tried to get a little bit of David Goggins action going like, Hey, let's just go and we'll do it. And I was like, I don't know if we should just go and do that Oscar. Yeah. It's um, funny how you start listening to a couple Goggins podcasts. Next thing you know, you think you're you know, okay like, to just oh, run well, for uh, a day and a half. Stay hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, um, th- thank you for, for taking this time. I'm, it was really cool to catch you here during this. Um, every single time that I've seen your dad and your mom, um, ever f- since they started like coming to games, yeah. um, letting... Uh, Oscar, Danny, Shane, and myself crash in your basement yeah. before spring break, <laughs> yeah, which is I like, you that. know, oddly, uh, you know, that's that's 10 plus years ago. Your uh, your parents always treated me uh, like family, treated me like they give me the shirt off their bat, do anything to help me. And uh, that characteristic of just being, you know, like a, a generally good person. Yeah, And uh, one of the you know, Adam State, brotherhood, sisterhood, family, um, that's definitely something they passed along to you. And it's so, it, it's, it's really cool to sit here, have these have these conversations and call you my friend. Absolutely, brother. It's good to see so, you. So thank you for spending this time. Um, and I'm hoping that some potential future Grizzlies or current Grizzlies or former Grizzlies listen to this. They think about calling that uh, calling that old roommate up, yeah. calling that lifting partner yeah, absolutely. up. Absolutely. Give him um, a call. So we can continue to connect one another. So rock and do Lorenzo. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you, brother. Take it easy. That's it for this episode of the Adam State Football Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please follow the podcast, share on social media, leave some ratings and reviews. If you have an idea for a podcast guest, send an email to adamstatefootballpodcast at gmail.com. Link in the description. Thanks a lot for listening. Go A-State.